Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for the week of December 17th, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Las Vegas, and a celebrity soon, <laughs> CNBC special. All right, this is segment one of six, big game preview, Cowboys at the Saints, Saturday night. Tell us about the line in this game. Okay, Saints opened up as a seven-point home favorite with the total set at 52. As of today, Saints are still minus seven, but the totals moved up to 54. So definitely some money on the over by the Sharps, but uh, that could be trying to get ahead of the market. Because come Saturday, you could expect a lot of public money to be bet on the over with these two teams. And that's one of the reoccurring concepts is... One is that game day is where a majority, a vast majority of the public money comes in. Number two is sharps are betting either because they like it early or because they want to get ahead of the public move and do a potential buyback later. Another concept in December that we deal with a lot is weather, but clearly we have a dome here. Correct. Okay, so this is going to be my official free pick this week, but I like to hear what the real pros have to say first. So, Marco, what jumps out at you about this game? Well, we're going to talk about it until one of these teams lose. Uh, New Orleans is undefeated, and they've been dancing a tightrope the last two weeks. Again, uh, go into Washington minus eight, only win by three. All right, so let's talk about that a second. The Saints have been underperforming, but they've shown an amazing ability to win the close games. Correct. When you're lane seven, you need them not to have to win a close game. So are the same couple possibilities here. One is the Saints had some letdowns. They're just as good as we thought they were. Number two is some injuries potentially have made this team not so good. Or number three, they're just not that good and that really one or two real marquee wins. When you really think of the Saints this year, there's been a lot of close games with a couple of blowouts with that Patriots game kind of being the big statement game. Is it that they're just generally overrated? They've had two statement games this year. And blew both teams out. Both teams out. At the beginning of the season, they played the Giants. Granted, the Giants are not good now. Back then... They were undefeated, and they came in and they just leveled them. Then they did the which, Patriots. as we look in retrospect, not as meaningful as we thought at the time. Not right, actually, both games, yes. But it does show that they, you know, we talk about focus and motivation. They really get themselves up for those marquee games. Playing the Cowboys, even with all of the problems that the Cowboys have in December, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that uh, when we get to something a little later, but. It's a more. It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's Saturday night. It's on the NFL Network. It's a big game. All right. So you're saying. All right. So I, I'm still not hearing the answer though. Is this New Orleans team overrated? Um, I believe that they are slightly overrated, and I think it's a, an issue that they don't come to play 100% every week. The Atlanta, the so Wa- you're saying when they do come to play at home, they're, they're as, the real deal. They're as good they're as real- we think. They just are inclined towards letdowns on the road. Yeah. I think they've just. 
played to the level of the competition. Well, well it's a little more than that. No, and, and I also th- think it's the odds maker catching up and inflating the number on this team because this team's won the last five straight, but they haven't covered any of them games. Yeah, but I mean, when you're winning, when you're down, ten, when you're down seven with two minutes left, and they're kicking a 25-yard field goal, and it's the Redskins. It's not about playing down a competition anymore. Oh, That's when you win the game by seven. It's not when you have to score, you know, twice in the last two minutes or or once in an overtime. It's just I think there's a lot of pressure too of, of being undefeated, having that pressure going into every game, which is to you a negative for I that. think it's a disadvantage. I would have rather with my future ticket have seen this team lose a game, a meaningless game, not lose to like the Patriots on that Monday night because then that's a confidence destroyer, but lose like that Washington game by knowing they didn't bring their A game. And if you don't bring your A game, you can't beat everyone. But when you're beating everyone and you're not bringing your A game, I mean, sooner or later, you start believing all you have to do is show up. And I think that's what we've been seeing. I think the Cowboys are going to bring the best out of this team. That's why I think we're seeing the number as high as seven for a marquee team like Dallas. Well, I, now I've been doing some press analysis on the uh, Colts and the Saints' chance to win it, or excuse me, to go undefeated. And I've projected this game uh, about six weeks ago. I projected this game at minus six. Two weeks ago, I projected at minus seven. So really, we've got a situation where both New Orleans slightly and Dallas maybe even a little more are less or lightly regarded or not as well regarded as they were four or six weeks ago. But let's think about that. I think the Dallas drop has been significant. The Saints drop is a notch. And to me, the fact that it's still seven, I I couldn't imagine this line coming out at five and a half. No, no. And on a neutral field, if you look at the um, odds makers ratings, um, New Orleans, they have them as four points better than Dallas. So So add. Assuming, but we know New Orleans, and we kind of touched on that, is I'm not even sure if it's just playing down a competition or if it's the home field is so strong for New Orleans. You're so right. That was the last thing I was going to say. What we're not touching on is that this team's played four road games in the last five weeks. So that's short practice weeks in between, having to travel. I mean, that's tough to do to play four out of five games on the road in the NFL and have the Patriots somewhere in between there and on Monday to, night. To add to that mentally, they played the Patriots, then they went to Washington. That was let down city. Right. That's you know, to be expected. But then the following week, they played Atlanta, and Atlanta was without their starting quarterback. Right. And they got blown out the week before against Philly, and this New Orleans team crushed Philly. So they, they got to figure, they just got to show, show up, and they can win. So psychologically, you can understand the flat spots for New Orleans, but you definitely will get their best effort. Is that best effort good enough? They got a big break with DeMarcus Ware being out for this game. Yeah, I, I want to see more defense from from this Saints. Uh, that, I'll tell you the truth. Having a ticket on them, uh, I know everybody's saying how improved this defense is. I need to see more from them, especially down the stretch. All right, so I'm going to make my official free pick. Now, I've actually been uh, 7 of 13, 7 and 6, so slightly above uh, profit, in profit. the profit, even with some juice. Um, but a little teaser here. Marco, 12 and 4 on his free picks right here, his official freebies. And Vegas, and that's not even the best. And uh, as Vegas runner laughed before the show, I said, "Isn't Marco, uh, you know, have the best record?" VR goes, "No, no. <laughs> VR ten and two right here, all freebies." 
I'm going with New Orleans here. Uh, one is, uh, you know, people, especially on the internet these days, things happen so fast. People want to act like that they hear it and then it's like, oh, okay, that's true. And then the next week it doesn't matter anymore because the news cycles are so fast. This Dallas Cowboys team does not play well late in the year. No. And we don't that doesn't change just because you get bored hearing it. And maybe I should be talking to Marco about this. <laughs> is this team has a pattern with this coaching staff of fading late and they start freaking out, which causes it to perpetuate the the, the, the negative play or the poor play. And you know what's going on in their head right now. Here we go again. Here we go again. They're five and fifteen ATS in December. We've got a team that's gonna be excited at home. I'm I, I know there's a premium on New Orleans, but there's a premium on Dallas yeah. too. To me it's a wash. This is the play against the Cowboys and a play on the big home field for New Orleans. So, as I get VR's thoughts on this, Marco, you owe me $1,000 from our bet last <laughs> okay. week. And I've we, got we one, like to one do, thing to say. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We like to do the payoff on air. Uh, so, VR, you can... Uh, oh, you had something? Go ahead. I'll let you say it. Wade Phillips, for the love of God, don't run the same play three times in a row from the one-yard line. There's always an excuse. Just hand it over. Okay, now... And he's got a counter to make sure. I mean, Dallas has been playing terrible. <laughs> you know, dude. They're one in four ATS. Their last five, they've won what two of those games. When have they played? Co- they they have exactly. Contrarian is supposed to mean that public thinks something that's wrong. Yeah. When the public thinks something that's right, it's not contrarian I agree. anymore. I they agree. lost by three points last week, and they. Oh, so the yardage. So, but yardage, the funny thing the yardage is, was if he had forty-seven to three forty-one, if he had they San Diego, San Diego even up. All right, we ha- actually we have to wrap. <laughs> is we got the bet paid off? We got an official free pick, and we're going to be back with our second preview. And remember, if you want to watch all of our videos and future payoffs of Marco to me, <laughs> go to pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six, big game preview, Saturday Saturday night bowl action. We have the St. Petersburg Bowl, Central Florida at Rutgers. You said couldn't even get a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, they don't even have a sponsor. All right, so VR, what is the line on this game? Interesting move here. Um, The opening number was Central Florida, one point favorite with the total of 45. That line went immediately to Rutgers minus one. I'm talking in a matter of minutes. We touched on earlier the Colts line had opened at six, but within three minutes it was down to three. We saw the same thing with this one. Rutgers went to one immediately. As of today, Rutgers is up to three, and the total's still 44.5, so no movement on the total, but a big move on the side, four points to Rutgers. And, and moving to a key now. Yeah. All right, so this is proof positive of a concept I'm, I'm a strong believer in in the bowls. You can still somewhat apply it, but it's for next year more, is there's so much movement on these bowl games early that you, if you really have your own opinion, and that's the thing, there's different kinds of batters. Yeah. Those that have their own opinion, those that use guys at pregamepros.com, those that use whatever. And if you're waiting for your pros you got to wait for the line moves a lot of the time. And a good pro can use the line move because the line move's not always right. Mm-hmm. But often, and, and if anything, if you like Central Florida here, you're happier sure. waiting. But 
there's a lot of opportunity to bet the game early and bet the game late. And it's almost like two different cards. What's the card? What's the lines at the open? What's the lines game day? There's no reason not to play both. And if you want to play both, you usually got to be online. And if you want to go online, check out pregameaction.com. They have the best deals from the most trusted books. Okay, Marco, what really we don't have an official free pick on this one. No. What really jumps out at you about this game? Okay, um, one thing I'm going to plug a video that we did. We talked a lot about handicapping the Bulls. Uh, Vegas Runner and myself this week in Vegas. Uh, Better's View, you can check that out at pregame.tv. And we talked about different things to look at. And this is a classic example. you got one team that won their way into this bowl game, and that's Central Florida. And another team who backed their way into this bowl game, Rutgers, losing two of their final three. Does Rutgers really want to be here? What is their motivation? You know, I know everybody going to a bowl game you wants think to play. You sure. want to play, but teams have different expectations. And had Rutgers won their last game against West Virginia, they would be in a bigger bowl than this bowl. So uh, this is a letdown for Rutgers. I totally today. agree with you. This is one of them games where you're looking at two eight and four teams, but two totally different eight and four teams. You have Rutgers, who in the Big East was three and four, not even a player at the end of the season when they lost in final two games, like you said. Central Florida, they were fighting to win the Conference USA. They fell one game behind East Carolina in that, and they only lost East Carolina by a few points on the road. So uh, this team's coming in opposite of what Rutgers is, is doing to come into this bowl game. I agree with you, Marco, on that. And, and I agree 100% is if all you did was handicap motivation, you can win in the bowls. Now, there's, there's complications beyond that, but it really is a motivational issue. And like you said, you've got a team that's had this, this, a program like Rutgers that's played in bigger games. They lost to... to, to go to a lesser game as you say and it's really a situation where you got to think the motivational edge is with South Florida which begs the question Central Florida or excuse me Central Florida which begs the question why is Rutgers three why not only why are they three why is there such early money on this game I think it's totally the wise guys getting ahead of the public who's going to see the big east team going to see that Rutgers name and lay the three points I think the public's going to be all over Rutgers the Central Florida team isn't any a, a big name team. I mean, who really has seen them play this year? While Rutgers, you know, you, like you said, until they lost them final two games, they were a player, right? You know, in the Big East. And I, I think when you look at the form, they're two opposites coming in. Rutgers is coming in crippled, losing two or three big games. While Central Florida, they've won what five of their last six sure. straight up and against the spread. So they're playing as good as their, they've played all their season. last three games were probably three of their best games, and they have great offensive balance. In those last three games, they rushed the ball for six hundred and twenty-one yards. Talking about Central Florida, Central yeah. Florida, and they passed for seven hundred. Here's the biggest advantage too we got to touch on: Rutgers freshman quarterback. Remember this kid. Savage took over for, I forget his name, the big name, Teal, was it, mm-hmm. at Rutgers, or right. the, the quarterback that was there till senior. On the Central Florida side, even though it's his first year at Central Florida, this kid's a transfer from Wake Forest. So he's really a senior. He's as mature as they come. So you got a senior leading Wake Forest, I mean, uh, Central Florida, and you got a freshman having to lead Rutgers. I think that's a big advantage, too, for the Central Florida side. 
And I think this is a big game for Coach O'Leary, too. Remember, this is the guy a few years ago that was hired for the Notre Dame job and then had the problems. And that back on the spotlight, win a big game, you know, here with... All right, so we don't have an official free pick amongst the three of us, but it seems like there's a real strong lean to Central Central Florida. Yeah, I I agree. As I look at, and I like to profile teams, and this is a trend that's not particularly big, but they've covered Central Florida six of seven as a dog. So you got a team that that doesn't mind playing against maybe a slightly more physical or bigger school. They play well as a dog. I love what you're saying is if we don't believe this move from the wise guys and we think it's them taking a position to buy back later, then do you think that we wait till Saturday and see about getting a three and a half here? I don't think it'll get to that. I, I'm hoping it's not it going does, to two and a half though. No, I think it's going to stay right here. At three. All right. So the worst case, if the best you're going to get, the worst you're going to get is a three. Why not wait? Exactly. You, get a three you and just a half? might. You just might. And again, we talk about uh, you know having a lot of outs and using pregameaction.com is especially if you're not a huge player, if you're a nickel player or even a dime player, you can have some of these books like Bodog, like Bad Eyes, where even though almost everyone's at three, they're at three and a half exactly. because they're getting such square action. And if you especially can, Bodog, always on the dogs, you're going to get. Yeah, so if you can if you can get the three and a half here, now you're looking at you used to be laying points, and now they got to beat you more in a field yeah, goal. Yeah, that's huge. But I would say this, if we do think there's a potential buyback, if you do see the three and a half, take it. Because yeah. at some point, if the wise guys do buy back, it's gonna, it's gonna, you're going to lose all those three and a halves, if not. Yeah, three. as soon as it pops up, they're going to buy it for sure. All right. Give away some of your money? That's true. I, we don't have a true official free pick, but we got some really hot handicappers. Each week, we give away a $10 coupon on one of our podcasts. Go ahead, Marka. Well, since this is the first bowl game of the season, we're going to make the coupon Bowls 10. That's the word Bowls with an S and the number 10. All one word? All one word, and that's going to get you $10 off. Just go to pregamepros.com, pick whatever you want to pick, put it in your shopping cart, enter that code, you'll get $10 off. And if the pick's only 10 bucks, it's free on RJ. What happens if the pick's 9 we well, send you a buck. No. Oh, RJ mails yeah. you a dollar. VR for the buck. Stop by the old Stardust. Wait, you, you ever hang out around the rubble of the Stardust? You know that actually my wife, I swear, was trying to hunt down a piece of the sign. She wanted to get it for me. So I could have a piece I'd love of that to go sign. see the, the boneyard. That, that yeah, the neon, the, neon, the, the neon graveyard. Bone, yeah, whatever. I'd like yeah. to see that sometime. That's a that, that could be a whole episode of This Week in Vegas. There could be. Follow us through the boneyard. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Now, next up is we're going to be doing going back to the NFL on Sunday. We're doing San Fran at Philly. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment three of six, big game preview in the NFL, and we have the Eagles and the 49ers. Okay, as usual, you're the line move expert. Tell us about the line moves. Okay, Philly opened as an eight-point home favorite with a total of 44.5. As of this morning, Philly's nine, and the totals dropped down to 42.5. This game is in a circle. They're taking limited action. Um, because of Westbrook being que- he's always he's been questionable all year yeah. since he hit his head, but you know it's just the books protecting themselves from the wise guys once again and limiting games. All right, so this could be a situation where 
It could be a public, again, we always try to interpret these wise guy moves. My gut feeling is this very well could be trying to get ahead of the public, though the fact that it's not necessarily close, well, I guess it could get up to 10 on the uh, key number. Usually they're going to try to take a position around a key number. Yeah. What's your feeling? Is this a legitimate move? I, I, I don't know. To be honest with you, I saw the future line, like I tell you, I like to go back. It was eight and a half, so it's right there. I think it was just a difference in opinion. Some books open in eight, some a little eight and a half, so I think it's just settled at nine. I think the true steam play in this game is the under coming off that key total of 44 and even 43 bypassing both them numbers and dropping but in, down But you to also got to wonder half. if it's just a weather play. Cause yeah, these, exactly on the East Coast. Because these odds makers don't seem to be able to account for You're this so weather. Right. You're so I mean, right. You think they could. It's not that complicated. Is, East, there's, a there's 12 <laughs> cities on that East Coast. I mean, there's a chance. Yeah. Again, these are smart guys. So, I mean, they're, they're thinking about something. I just don't know what because you, you when you see like the Steeler game last week, they go from, what, 30 39 to 33 or something? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that weather like couldn't that. change that much. I mean, yeah. but, but anyway, okay, so Marco, you've got a free pick on this game. You've actually won 12 of 16 free picks right here. Why don't we just get right to it? Tell us why we should be playing. Let me try to guess this free pick first, though. Uh, this would be good, actually. It can be guess Marco. I think I know. know, Do you know it? I, I don't, I swear. What do you guess, I don't, real quick? I know it was on this game. I, I'd say he's going to take Philly. I Sam think Fran he's taking. On Monday yeah, I think like he's that. taking Philly because they saw Sam Fran crushing the money line. Yeah, on and Monday the public night. saw it. All right, so I'm guessing Philly. We need a sound effect. They're wrong. Oh, <laughs> see that you can never figure out. You no, can you can't figure, figure this guy out. We're going with the total, and we're going, <laughs> we're going with the under Talk here. Talk about a curveball. Yeah, I oh, Sunday, Sunday I had the under Sunday night in the Philly Giant game, and that was a horrible play. But until the first said, quarter was <laughs> over, <laughs> you know, you know they, to, to quote no. Vegas runner, that was a stone cold under <laughs> until they start scoring. <laughs> now, what, if you were in the sports book, could you start cashing that? Take it like in the second quarter. Uh, no, the because over? it has to it has to go the distance. Uh, okay, to go, like, okay. past the five. You know, <laughs> more less than five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Unless you're a good customer. Not to, I know we don't have much time. Drill true story. I only had a ticket and the game was over. And I didn't have any money with me, and I wanted to bet so bad, and they let me bet it, but they held the ticket behind the counter. There we go. All right, tell us. The reason here is you've got two teams. You know, we always talk about public perception. Both teams were on primetime last week. Philly was on Sunday night, San Fran on Monday. The takeaway is even though both had impressive wins, the public's going to come away from that game looking more impressed with Philly because of the way they went up and down the field. Philly, for two weeks in a row, they've scored a total of 79 points. They keep scoring on big plays. Again, they had a punt return in the game. They're, they're scoring on 70, 80-yard pass plays. It's ridiculous. San Francisco has a good defense. All right, so the fact that they're scoring on big plays, that makes you like the under? Makes me like the under because you're not going to You think it's keep, a fluke? Right. They're not gonna keep, you, you're not going to keep getting punt returns. You're not going to keep getting broken, cover, bombs. broken coverages where guys bang into one another and leave the guy wide open or you know a blown coverage. San Francisco is disciplined. That's the one thing. They're going to look and say they beat Arizona, but people are going to say, yeah, they were lucky because Arizona had seven turnovers. So I think they're not as impressed with San Francisco coming and off And last game. year's game, when people look back, these two teams played last year, they scored 66 points. Uh, 40 to 26, Philly beat them. Did you know that, Mark? I did know that. 
And again, being a contrarian that I am is another but reason. But that was with J.T. O'Sullivan, that quarterback, <laughs> and I, not Alex Smith. And I so. actually like this because on one hand, it's the people who are doing the newspaper handicapping are saying, and the TV handicapping is, you know, San Fran's offense didn't look so bad. Philly's been scoring like crazy. Philly can't stop anyone. What's Last year points? they scored yeah. a lot. So and yet this number took a, a, a off a key number. That's like why I say it, it's definitely a position by the Sharks. Right. I, I I like the under that. That's who I like in this game. Now, do you suggest? And then we'll get VR's opinion because line movement is one of your specialties. As we keep saying, and predicting when to play is 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 a key. Is the public? And again, it's a it's it's a balance because you got the weather, and who knows? This could go down a lot if the weather turns mm-hmm. bad. But the public is going to be inclined to bet over. Do you wait or do you play early? Well, the general thought is on totals, if you're betting the under, you wait. Mm-hmm. That's the general thought. But being that it's already been hit by the Sharps, if the second, a lot of times you get what I call the piggyback you know, type moves where people see the initial move and they say, oh, sharp money, and they want to start jumping on it, and then you get an even Especially when float. they see on them sites that show the percentages and they see 70% on the over and the line dropped two points, and they're going to say, oh, the, sharp, the wise guys are on the under. You're right, and they yeah. do that. So I, I, would th- I would grab it now. All right. Any thoughts on this? Um, I, myself, to bet the total, I, I lean the under, too. I think when to bet it, you got to look right now. And if you see snow in the forecast for the weekend, then I would wait. I would bet it now because it's going to drop a lot. Otherwise, I think this line could only go back up. I, the lowest it'll hit is 42, I think, before they try to middle it. Because 44 and a half and being able to go over 42, so I think saying, something they'll take. You're saying unless the weather forecast is snow, bad, because snow's when day. they're going to keep dropping it. If it's just cold, we already know it's cold. It ain't going to drop four more points. All right, as I look at this game, and I agree with the or the total here that Marco likes on the under, and it's an official free pick. I I have a lean towards San Fran. The short week bothers me. I just think this is San Fran's situation. This is their spot. Is they've only lost two of eleven games as a dog. Now there's two pushes in there, but you only are going to pay the bookie two out of eleven times if you play this 49er team as a dog. And we do have a premium on Philly, it would seem. And again, those big plays that you think are aberrations, that's what the public loves. They love to bet a team they think that has big play potential. Yeah, so you're right. to me, this Philly team's been overrated a point, point and a half for a couple years now, to be honest with you. I never understand why they're so highly regarded. They don't, you know, we haven't seen them actually show that they should be this highly regarded. I'd have a lean to San Fran. I have a lean towards the under. One thing I'll tell you, Phillies played two other times on Sunday night football this year, and the next week they lost. So they're coming off a Sunday night game. They played uh, Dallas earlier in the year, and then they went to San Diego. Now, do you worry that two games like that is, I mean, a tr- if, if someone said, so-and-so is 2-0 and in this spot, your first thought is, what does that mean? Do you, did you see things in those follow-up games that show you that, 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 that there's a hangover effect? Well, the teams that they lost, well, San Diego, that's when San Diego started their winning streak. So, you know, that you could excuse that loss. But after they played Chicago, then they came home and played Washington, a team they should have just rolled over, and they, they struggled with Washington. Mm-hmm. They had to score late to beat them. So, you know, maybe this team, you know, they enjoy being on primetime. 
uh, a little too much. I like the, the under angle more because of the fact that San Fran doesn't allow points. I mean, even though Philly's the third highest scoring team in football and they've scored, what, 33 points a game over the last four, San Fran's like eighth in the NFL in points allowed. So they're not letting teams score. Where Philly on the other side, you know, they're mid-pack in defensive points allowed. So I, th- I think you might be right, too. San Fran might be able to hang in there and keep this, like, low-scoring, close game. All right, good stuff. Official free pick and keeping a streak going, hopefully. Okay, next up is we're going to be talking NFL Steelers and Green Bay Packers. My free pick. We've got big game preview NFL Pittsburgh Steelers, Green Bay Packers. Vegas Runner, tell us about the line move in this game. All right. This one opened up Pittsburgh as a one-point home favorite. Pittsburgh, a one-point home favorite. When's the last time you heard that? Yeah, you have. With a total of 41. And as of today, Pittsburgh's minus two. And the total's still sitting at 41. All right. This is the first time, and, and to be honest, it might be the first time. No, I know it's the first time this year. And I think it didn't happen even once last year, is when you take home field into consideration is that Pittsburgh's considered the lesser team. Is, so by being a three-point favorite, they would have been the even teams. Less than three means Green Bay is considered a better team. And you're I don't think there right. was one situation all this year, I know, and all last year in which that was the case. Though we got Mr. Pittsburgh here. 46 years he lived in Pittsburgh before he moved to Vegas. Um, one, does that sound right to you? And two, tell us about this game. Well, it's absolutely right. I, this is just mind-boggling for what's happened to the Steelers this year. And right now, you're right. Public perception is bottomed out on the Steelers. Thursday night on... For the first time, meaning literally with all the losses, with all the fourth quarter breakdowns, this team was, just even last week, was considered one of the best teams in football, laying 10 points at... Cleveland, At yeah. the Browns, which means they would have been a 16-point home favor. 16 is the biggest line in football this year. So, I mean, this was considered to be the best team or one of the top couple teams in football, and now they're considered two points worse than the Green Bay Packers. They are, and uh, it, my thing here is this is a real gut check for Pittsburgh. I mean, I'll say this. If they're going to show up, and I know me and you get in arguments on motivation and everything, but if Pittsburgh is going to show up after being absolutely embarrassed on Thursday night, you know, and then everybody the next day, because that was the yeah. only football game, you got all the talking heads and the ESPN Cleveland shows. finally won a home game. Hold on a second. How much more embarrassed could they be right now than they were after they got beat by the Raiders yeah. at home? Yeah, KC. They I lost mean, seriously, it. it's is is. The idea that they're finally going to get the wake-up call when they're almost eliminated from the playoffs, when getting beat by Casey and Oakland wasn't the wake-up call? At least in those two games, they scored points. It was their defense that let them down. Last week, they couldn't score any There's points. been five times this whole NFL season that a double-digit favorite has won the game outright. It's happened three times to Pittsburgh in the last five weeks. I mean, it's not like it was much worse against Cleveland. 
I think that it became magnified because more people got to see it for their own eyes. You know, again, we talk about the Steeler games weren't, you know, nationally broadcast those, a lot of those weeks that they lost. Everybody saw last week. They listened to the announcers talk. They believe what they see and what they hear. This week, the Steelers once again no, are I'm not questioning. Team. It's a fact. It's a mathematical fact that Pittsburgh has been de-evaluated, if that's the right way to say that. I don't think it <laughs> is that. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. We might have well, a word that RJ had wrong. Well, I think so. <laughs> now, let's just say they're being evaluated in a less favorable way. Okay. Okay. I think devaluated. It wouldn't be de-evaluated. It'd be devaluated. De- okay. They've been devaluated. And rightfully so. I'm not, I don't think we're debating have they been devaluated. The question is, is this going to be some wake-up call? And that's what I'm adamantly questioning, is if it wasn't a wake-up call when they had to win out, when, when Tomlin, who I tend to like as a Steeler fan, comes out and says, we're going to unleash Howe, and then they can't score a touchdown against the Browns. I mean, come on. If anything, this falls into your, Marco, your theory that when a team loses the game, that, that – makes it impossible or almost impossible for them to achieve their yearly goal, their seasonal goal. That's the biggest letdown of all because it's like it's over. It's over, Johnny, as they would say on Rambo. So my question is, do you see it that way? And then we're going to get into Vegas Runner who actually has a free pick on this game. Uh, You know, this is such uncharted water with the Steelers. History speaking, the pride of this organization and the way that they're, they just, you know, the lunch but it wasn't, felt, it wasn't applicable last week, though. They play, they, they played bad. I, you know, I'm a total loss of words for the Steelers. All right, give us moment. your pick, Vegas. I, I, after all that, I like the Steelers in this game. I think that there's line value here because Green Bay comes in so hot. Not just winning games, but covering numbers. And when you cover numbers at that rate, the odds makers are going to adjust. Especially when you're a big name marquee team that gets money week in and week out. When teams like Pittsburgh, Dallas, Green Bay covers week after week, you're going to have to pay a premium for them you know, after three straight covers. And this team's working on five straight covers. So I think we're really getting line value here. Before the season started, this line was seven. Obviously, Pittsburgh's played below expectations, but I think Green Bay's played above expectations sitting at 9-4 and four right now. Well, you know, their last uh, five wins, Dallas, San Fran, Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago. The last three, Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago, really not impressive at all. Uh, wait wins. a minute, wait a minute. There's only so many pre... Read those five teams again? Starting from the five Five teams? Dallas. Dallas, go ahead. Okay, San Fran. With borderline playoff team. Then after that, you got Detroit, Baltimore, Chicago. None of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Baltimore's a good team. I mean, they're not a bad. I mean, what I'm saying is a random five games, that's not like the dregs of. And, and, and Browns, or excuse me, the Bears interdivisional, uh, you know, Bears, though not having a great year. I mean, this is a nice run. It's hard to say Green Bay hasn't been playing well. No, I like this team this year. I think Rodgers is, is showing he's the man. You know, he's the franchise quarterback for sure. But I, I just. As bad as Pittsburgh's playing, I don't know whether it's just I'm brainwashed into thinking they can't be that bad. And I might be way off here, and it might cost me to learn that, you know, I'm letting myself I agree get with you. So you have well. an official free pick on the Steelers. Yes, I do. I agree with you undoubtedly that this is the first time there's value on Pittsburgh in two years. Yeah. Where there's true, the line might be a little 
Defl- or a little well, you might be, sugar. yeah, maybe even getting a point in value for a uh, more than you should. That's a lot. Here's why I don't like your pick, and and uh, I'm not gonna bet you here. I was gonna, I was gonna tempt. <laughs> I don't know if I would have. <laughs> well, we I'm, know you. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. you would be. I know that. You don't give out picks. You're not. What bad. am I saying? But <laughs> I know betting against me can be intimidating, and I especially that after that. I've seen him ca- hand <laughs> over money. <laughs> And the funny thing is, Marco wins, 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 wins. He just, I think when you, when I disagree, you just pass, maybe. But again. The Achilles heel. All right. That's a lot of talk. Like Ah. Bill Belichick said last week, look at the scoreboard. That's a lot of talk from a a team that just lost again. Speaking of of the scoreboard is uh, you've won 10 of your 12. Yep. And and ranked number one in the NFL. Second straight week or third straight week. All right, so number week. one for the whole season. Yep, money And you're number one. two in college basketball. Yes, sir. So you're hot, hot, hot. Go right to pregamepros.com. Absolutely. You've got your free pick here. Here's why I don't like it. This team, and this was the stat I've been talking about all week, they're the first team since 1998, Pittsburgh, prior to last week, that went the first 12 games without ever being down at any point in the game by more than a touchdown. At any point during the game, wow. the Steelers were within seven points the first 12 games. So on one hand you could say the Steelers were the best team the most competitive team of the last 12 years in the NFL more competitive than the 2007 Patriots more competitive than any Colts team they've never been out of a game the f- that makes you think one thing. The fact that they now have a record under 500 makes you think another. The fact that the Browns were the first team to get up over a touchdown on them tells me something about all these losses has fundamentally changed this team. And they, they dominate against Kansas City. They, they should have beat Oakland. They should have won almost every game this year. They should not have beat the Browns. No, the Browns that. dominated them. That tells me there's been a sea change somewhere in that locker room, and that makes me not like Pittsburgh here. All right, you got 15 seconds, Mr. Pittsburgh. One quick thing on Green Bay's road games. They've only played St. Louis, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Detroit, and Chicago. Those so are am I going to win games. that bet? That favors you. They've uh, had a very weak road right, Official free pick, 10-2 and two streak. 10-2, and two, don't be afraid to bet them. <laughs> All right, a lot of good stuff here. Next up, another big game preview. We're going to be looking at uh, Minnesota at Carolina, the Sunday night game. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. This is segment five of six, big game preview, Sunday night football, Carolina and the Vikings. Tell us about the line, Vegas runner. Okay, Minnesota opened up as a seven and a half point road favorite with a total of 43. As of this morning, we're looking at Minnesota's up to nine. The total's still 43. The game is in a circle. Uh, Jake DeLome has been downgraded to doubtful, which pretty much means he shouldn't be playing. Does that help the line or hurt the line? For yeah, the I line? think it's going to help it when you got eight touchdowns and 18 interceptions thrown. How worse could it get? <laughs> All right, so we always try to predict, or not predict as much as identify the meaning of these early line moves. Is this a, a true scene to you, or is this a position? I, I think it's just them getting ahead of the public who's going to bet Minnesota for sure, especially with DeLone being out and not even knowing who's backup. I mean, they got Matt Moore, Hunter Cantwell, A.J. Feely, and Josh McNown. So. And that's the thing. And it's funny because squares aren't always wrong. And as yeah, you much can't as, just fade them like back in the day. Well, you can't just fade them, but they're also not wrong in their concepts. Which is, let's look at an example, for example, of this Atlanta team two weeks ago. 
is when they had their running back turner out, they had their quarterback out. And to some degree, if you were a true contrarian, you'd be like, well, the public, you know, the public believes that, the, you know, they got a second-string quarterback, second-string running back, I'm taking the value. Sometimes you can't adjust the line enough. And you see that in totals, too, where you look at the Steeler game on Thursday night, um, you know, a week ago, is the total went down to 33, and from watching that game, they could have played probably another two quarters and not gotten to 33. Yeah. Sometimes the first instinct of there's something here, there's an effect, and I'm going to bet on that effect, is right, True. even when the lines moved. So that's how I'll segue into this for you, Marco, is... is when you have a second-string quarterback that is so, so, so inept or so unprepared, is it almost just an automatic fade? Because it's going to be a 28-7 game regardless. In situations, yeah, i got to agree with you that um, you've got other factors here. If this was like earlier in the season and Carolina still had a lot of stuff to play for, I still would one of my initial reaction would want to try to find a way to take the injured team because of the value but you got other factors they're out of the playoffs here's a team that went from the best record last year in the NFC to out of the playoffs you know how much motivation are they going to have it just even though shows it's on- you man it's just amazing when you think about Tampa Bay and Carolina and, and again clearly Carolina seems a little better but that Tampa Bay team with four or five weeks left was in the midst of the playoff hunt you know, like a year ago, yeah. a little, little bit more. And Carolina, remember they went to the Giants on that big Sunday night game and they played them so tough. Right. And it was literally like a lot of people were saying, oh, you like the Giants. Carolina is the best NFC team. And Carolina was favored to get to the Super Bowl last year. They had the home field. Remember, Arizona had to go in there and defeat them as underdogs. So I guess what I'm saying is, wow, does the NFL change quick? Yeah. And specifically, this Carolina team, like you said. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. And from a strictly a statistical point, fundamentally, you got Minnesota with Peterson going against one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. Carolina, listen to these last numbers: Atlanta ran for 176, Miami 154, Jets 139, Tampa Bay 154, and last week New England 185. That's why they're. 26th out of what 13, 32 teams. You, you think <laughs> fundamentally, Minnesota will be able to go in here, hand the ball off to Peterson most of the night, and you know, and dominate this game. And Carolina's fifth in pass defense, so uh, that's what they're going to do. I mean, obviously, they're All right, so does that make us like the under? I, I do. I, I do like the under, and I think even look at these two teams. The trend coming in is to the under. You have. Carolina, five of their last six games have played under. Minnesota, even though they're scoring, you know, they're second in the NFL in scoring, they're stopping teams from getting in the end zone. And even they come in, they've allowed only one team in their last five to score more than 10 points on them. So now they have a situation with a backup, second, or even third string quarterback. They haven't allowed four or five teams to score two touchdowns on them. So I think there is a, a lean, myself at least, I like the under 43. And there's going to be extra motivation for Minnesota because just two weeks ago they played on Sunday night and they had a horrible game against Arizona. So they're going to want to make amends for that on national TV too. Now is it me or has this Minnesota team been one of the most effective at workmanlike wins? Where you always hear they t- took care of business. Yeah. But usually it could be a situation like New Orleans has where oh, it was a tough win against Washington or whatever. 
or a situation where there's a couple of big plays like the Patriots did in 2007, they blew teams out. This Minnesota team seems to just like methodically systematically j- break teams break down. these yeah. teams down, play action pat. I mean, they're kind of like an old 80s like Oklahoma college football team where when they're the better team, they don't seem to very often uh, get into any trouble. The other trend I wanted to is throw that how you guys absolutely see it? absolutely, which makes you not afraid maybe to lay the bigger number with them, but. The, the one trend I want to throw at you is, is coming into December, we know Minnesota's never played well either. Two and seven, their last nine, or two and eight, something like that against the spread in December. On the flip side, you have Carolina. They're known as one of the best late season teams in December. That's how they've done it last year. Well, and we have a stat on that is uh, they've covered eight of nine games in December. Yeah, see? And that's, that's why. Do we throw that out the window now that they're out of the playoffs? That's the question. Is this Carolina team, for the most part, been competitive in December where they're, they're potentially in the playoffs? Is, is the Minnesota team year. usually who falls apart towards the end of the year, at least against the spread, you know, now with Favre at the controls? Will that which change? He, which, you know, last year specifically, and then the prior year when the Giants came into Green Bay, you know, that's been the charge against Favre is, you know, late season issues. Well, one thing I'll say for Favre, he, his arm's not gotten the workout that he had last year. He didn't have a running game in New York, so his arm was shot at the end of the year. His, his arm, if you saw a couple of the throws he made last week against Cincinnati, I was impressed. The guy for his age, he his, he's impressed. got a live arm. He's, Twenty-seven no touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, the case could be made. He's been one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, right. I mean, six by, ints the whole year. <laughs> and the other thing that's going to help far late season, he's playing indoors too. So you know, he he's not going to have those really cold weather games. And even this this week, a road game in December, you get lucky that you're going to Carolina. It's not going to be freezing cold in Carolina. And two weeks ago, he was in Arizona. So here are the numbers, guy. Break it down on a neutral field. According to the oddsmakers' ratings, they had Minnesota as a nine point favorite on a neutral field against Carolina. That's with Delome in the picture, though. Mm-hmm. So, so now we make around we, six. At Carolina, with the loan, so now we're looking at you're field def- goal. You're, you're definitely paying a premium for mm. Minnesota. You're going to. Which again, if it was as easy as saying always fade the premium teams, then It'd we wouldn't. Our should, <laughs> these would be thirty second shows. But but my question is, this feels like one of those kind of new school places where there's almost like a reverse backlash. Everyone's like, oh, everyone bets Minnesota because of Favre. I'm not going to bet him. And then it's like maybe there isn't that much of a premium on Minnesota right now. I I can't disagree with you, sir. Before the season, this line was Carolina 3. So... It's a big switch. Twelve. Well, don't forget, Minnesota is still trying to catch New Orleans. Mathematically, they're still in the, the well, hunt. For mathematically, very important. I mean, there's only a couple games left, so it's not really about oh some hypothetical. If eight, especially, and that brings up a great point. Do we reevaluate this game? Because in, am I correct? If New Orleans wins, good point. If New Orleans wins this Saturday night, that does this become meaningless? Well, because again. If the if Vikings win out, they'll have two losses. If New Orleans loses out, though, let's say loses the last two games, 
I can't remember who they're playing, but remember, the first tiebreaker is in conference. Mm-hmm. So we know Minnesota lost to Pittsburgh. So then the question becomes is if New Orleans' last two games is against NFC teams, then it still wouldn't be decided because if they lost the last two, Minnesota won the last two, Minnesota would win the tiebreaker because they only have one loss. They have one loss in the AFC. And for the division, if Green Bay loses earlier in the day to Wrap Pittsburgh, Minnesota has the division wrapped up. All right, good point. All right, good stuff, guys. Next up, we're going to be previewing Monday Night Football. This is segment six of six, big game preview, Monday Night Football, Redskins, Giants. Tell us about the line, Vegas, Ryan. Okay, New York Giants opened up as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite with a total of 42. As of this morning, the Giants are up to three plus a dollar ten. So you got to lay 130 to get the three now with the Giants. So pretty much not even a move. And the total's up to 44 from 42. And so what we're talking about, to speak a little abstractly for a second, is is there's juice and there's point spread. You can buy half points, which and then buy, you know eventually even buy more in some places, which is a sign. Pick them minus 110 is the same as getting plus one. Let's say at pick them, pick them on the money line, getting plus two or maybe minus 125 one t- yeah, yeah. all the way up. So it's really almost like a, a seesaw where you could move one or the other. And if you understand the math, so really what you're saying is it seems like there's a change, but when you take the juice it's, in effect, it's, it's still really two not and a half, change. exactly. All right, so. Monday Night Football, Marco, as a handicapper, would, and again, we're taping on Wednesday, so let's talk some key factors here. What jumps out at you? First off, the Giants, again, in a misleading game. Last week, or two weeks ago against Dallas, they were on the good side of a misleading game. This time they were on the losing side of a misleading game. They outgained the Eagles last week. Did you have the Giants playing, James? No, I did not. Oh, go ahead. I uh, had the under, though. <laughs> uh, 512 to 374 in total yards. Um, Eli, good numbers. You Did know, you watch the game? I watched the Do you game. Because sometimes yardage can be deceiving, too. Do you think the Giants outplayed, outplayed Philly? They outplayed Philly offensively, but what killed them was four turnovers. They, they, they made turnovers, wrong spots, and Philly capitalized on a couple big plays, one of them being a punt return. A, a great punt return, if you, if you saw it. Unbelievable. Macklin. They, they did what you want them to do. They kicked it to the sideline. The, the guy tiptoed around. Instead of cutting it back to the middle, he brought it up the sideline where that's where the containment was. It was a great All right, So you think the Giants were, uh, if you would have watched that game or especially looked at the score, it was deceiving to their disadvantage. You think the Giants play a little bit better? I think the Giants played. They're playing better than their record indicates right now. All right, so to you, one takeaway is your first look is to the Giants because you think they might be a little underrated. Yes. What's your first thought? I agree. Um, I, I lean to the Giants as well here. Um, because it's a Monday night game, it's tough to give an official opinion because a lot of things change between now and then, including the point spread because so much pending action from Sunday falls on to Monday night. Now, you night. guys give an official free, for those watching just the video and not hearing the whole audio podcast, you guys give one official free pick each Do uh in a prior game right, Monday right. night, you can get that at pregame.tv. You've won 10 of 12. You've won 12 of 16. And, so. and those right away, I'm willing to put my money down. Yeah, if you you're know. giving a free pick, you're batting it. Exactly. Here you have an early lean. Exactly. I right, go on. And, and the Giants have simply dominated this series. Any way you look at it, they've owned Washington, and I don't see why that would change here. Um, I mean, they played already, and in that first game, the Giants beat them 23-17. 
but they destroyed Washington. If it wasn't for the Giants going 0-3 in the red zone, remember, they held the ball for 38 minutes in that game. When was this? Um, early in the season. The of the I mean, season. and that's, that's my question here. We talked about it in the prior video mm-hmm. about the Steelers, is how good this team is, because it can be confusing. This Giants team, let's be honest now, other than the blowout, the ability to dominate a bad team, to me, doesn't make a good no, team. No, no. There's average teams that are able to dominate bad teams. So early in the year, everyone thought the Giants were the best team in the NFC. Clearly, we've come off of that. There's the Peyton Manning, or excuse me, the Eli Manning foot issue. And a lot of people believe the insiders, he hasn't really played well since he hurt his foot. How good is this Giants team? Here's why I think there is still value in this in this Giants side. When I went back to see what was the future line, because remember, coming in, like you said, Giants were expected to be good. When they were 4-0, no one was surprised. We were expecting them to be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. Washington wasn't supposed to be good um, coming into this season. They are where they're supposed to be. You know, Maybe a little worse at 4-9, but they were 7-9 team. You know, pretty much coming in. The line was only Giants minus two. So it's pretty much the same exact thing today as it was in August. Wow, now that's surprising. That's surprising. So doesn't that, then, then let's think about that a second. It seems like the Giants relative, especially the way Washington's been playing lately. If you say where they were relatively preseason right. versus now, the Giants have fallen farther than I Washington. I agree. I agree. So doesn't that mean the values on Washington then? Yeah, when you when you look at it from the line of before the season being minus two, and we thought the Giants were so much better, and now it's still there, and they're not as good as. And that. let's be honest, this Washington yeah. team is. Uh, it, the Sharps have been on him a good bit the last few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Strong defense. Amazingly, let me tell you, I was not a fan of this move. When they brought in the guy, I guess, Sherman, if I'm remembering correctly, to be like the offensive consultant. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, like, they I brought was, him out of the bingo party. Yeah, the yeah, bingo yeah, party. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh, my God, this team is going in the toilet. Because remember how successfully we were fading the teams that changed their OC See, in the, in the preseason. The right. But, my gosh, this Washington team has been playing tough every week. Yeah. And if the line is pretty much what it was preseason, I'm not sure if there's not strong Washington value here. And one other point that they're playing their best ball of the year, they're playing it for basically a lame duck coach because there's no question when the the season's done. Is that the case? Yeah. I mean, they took all of Zorn's power away from yeah, them with everything. Yeah. There's no way that and they're And the Washington, them. all their bad, not bad luck, but they played terribly on the road. They're 1-6. and six. They've played seven games already on the road. They're 1-6 there. At home, they're 3-3. Three and three. That's so, a great point. That's a great point. Monday night at home. Now, I remember last year, Steelers were there on Monday night, and it was all Steeler fans. So, to some degree, it doesn't seem like Washington gets super excited at home for a big nighttime game. But who's to say, um, like you said, in this case, they've been playing better at home. I, I just wonder, I mean, honestly, if you took the Giants logo off this team's helmet and look at the scores. What would is you make this, this number? I mean, is this team really like, six points better on a neutral? That's what, yeah, according to the odds makers, they are. I, you might, I mean, as betters, that's what we're supposed to do, agree or disagree with them. Not saying they're right, but that's what they have them as, six points on a neutral field. Um, you know. One of the strengths of the Giants have been in the last three years has been their ability to win on the road. 
Yeah, yeah twenty two and seven ATS, but all it was like twenty and zero coming into yeah. this year. Or something I have, like that. I have them at actually at eighteen and six right now, but three and three this year. That's what they. Yeah, they're twenty two yeah. and seven. The last twenty nine on the road. And th- yeah, and three of those losses are this, this year. year. So you know they so were a good a road team. We got two minutes. Let me ask you a question. A couple weeks ago, Giants were at home against Dallas, getting three. Mm-hmm. All right. So that means that they were saying that Dallas was six points better, all right, than the Giants. Now, we're saying the Giants are six points better than Washington, okay, by this line. So that would be 12 points. So you're saying if Washington played Dallas two weeks ago, the line would be 15? And then clearly that seems high. My question is, has the Giants proven themselves to be how much better or worse are the Giants than you thought they were two weeks ago? You're saying they played one game in which they won against Dallas. You didn't think they should have won. They lost against Philly. Maybe they should have actually won that game. But all in all, are they really much different than you thought of them two weeks ago? No. The the, no. the the biggest question. Washington looks better. Yeah, than they, they did do. two weeks ago. I, I've I mean, this line just. I mean, to me, the line is high, and you know, when I say that, that means I'm gonna, you know, my initial read's gonna be to the, the favorite. favorite. You think the public? What's the public? And again, just to be clear, because people who are hearing this that hasn't heard Marco, they're gonna say, "What the heck did that?" And the theory being that you're saying the sports books want this kind of action. They want Washington, and that's you want to be you want to be following what the books want. That's Wait, what right. I want to see. Where, Twenty seconds. I just want to know where I, I'm waiting to find out from bookmakers that I have access to. Where the public's going with this game, that's going to help me evaluate public perception as far as that number. And that's when we're able, five days ahead, to lay out the key points. And then as time moves on, go to the forums at pregame.com. You can just go into the forums, and there's going to be a lot of discussions about this game. We've got a couple of leans, I think, right now. I know I'm leaning towards the dog. Okay, great stuff this week. We'll be back next week for the whole holiday games and everything. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or you can go to iTunes and download and listen, just search for pregame.com.